Amen. And at this time, let's stand on our feet. Amen. Right now, as our very own, amen, we never going to let him go. Might move all the way down to Alabama, but he's still our very own Elder Orville Demery. Preach the word of God. Let's receive him with a warm agape welcome. Come on, praise the Lord, somebody. Come on, if you love the Lord today, somebody give him praise. Now, I know he's been better than that to you. Somebody open up your mouth and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Feels good to be home. Feels good to be home yesterday. Amen. Doing the funeral service of a great man of God. Um, they asked for Agape's ministers to stand. And I stood. <laughs> and Sister Hope said something to me. She said, I saw you stand. When the Agape minister stood and I reached in my wallet and I pulled out my minister's license. <laughs> so I'm still one of Agape's ministers, amen. <laughs> Truly we thank God, you can be seated for a moment. Truly we thank God for his goodness and his mercies upon our lives. I thank God for, for this man behind us. Amen. <laughs> Truly, God has anointed him for such a time as this. Seen a lot of my friends this morning. Amen. Elder Taylor, good to see you. So many others. Just know that we miss you. We, we, we miss the fellowship and the love that we've always felt for over 25 years here at this assembly. So. Amen. We love, we love everybody. I thank God for, I thank God for the woman that made a decision in her life almost 24 years ago. And to, if you ask me, it's the best decision, decision she's ever made. <laughs> but on the 20th of this month, my wife and I will be celebrating 24 years of marriage. Amen. 24 years of her dealing with my craziness. Amen. My Proverbs 18, 22. So we'll find the wife, find a good thing. Same favor of the Lord. Truly, I thank God for his favor. Thank God for, of course, my daughter, Elena. Get to see her again. Who came, she was one of the first ones that came down and visited us. Amen. My son here with us. Thank you. You know I love you, Bobby. Um, I thank God for, for my family, my brothers and sisters, who three weeks ago drove all the way down to be with us in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you. We, uh, we, we had a good time. And they, listen, y'all, they even got dressed up and went to church with us on Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't know if they was trying to make sure we weren't going to a Presbyterian church. Or, I, don't, I don't know. But they, they came with us, uh, amen, and we enjoyed ourselves. I do bring greetings from Greater Emmanuel Temple Holiness Church. Well, the pastor is the Honorable Bishop Jose Perry Sr. Amen. He, he reminds me so much of Bishop Burt. Uh, he reminds me so much of him. He's been pastoring for 37 years. Amen. And lastly, I, I do thank God for my father in the gospel. Bishop Burt, that getting that call, getting that notification broke my heart. But at the same time, is what he walked all these years for. And so I thank God for his ministry, and I thank God because my ministry is a result of his ministry. So we thank God 
for that great general that we've had in our lives. Without further ado, I ask you to stand. Stand with us. Stand with us this morning. As we open up the word, I ask you to turn with me to 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16 and we'll go to verse 7. 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7. Then I'll ask you to put your finger on 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. Amen. 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7. If you have it, somebody say, I got it. It reads, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. Mm, let me say that one more time. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 5, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. Just one verse in your hearing. It says, now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but, somebody say but, but, he was a leper. Ask you to set your Bibles down for just a moment as we look into the Lord with prayer. Ask you to consider just for a thought this morning, but he was a leper. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your loving kindness towards us. We give you praise, honor, and glory. We ask you, O oh God, if you see fit, move. If you see fit, touch. If you see fit, bless and anoint us this morning, Jesus. Allow us to have an ear to hear what the Spirit speaks and says into the church. And God, I just pray that you move this man out the way and that it's your Spirit that speaks through me. And Father, we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, you may be seated. You, you know, the Bible declares, the Bible declares the first page of the first book, the first chapter, the first verse, the Bible declares that God created the heaven and the earth. Not only did he create the heaven and the earth, but he, he also created humanity. He, he made us, he made man. The Bible goes on to say in Genesis 2 and 7, the Bible says that he formed us, he formed us out of the dust of the ground. He, he, he took the dust and he created flesh. I found, I found that this indicates that there is something tangible with us. There's some tangibility with us. There's, there's something you can see. There's something you can touch. There's something you can feel. There's something you can hold in your hand and you can manipulate. There's something that you can physically relate to. The scripture goes on, not only did he form us out of the dust of the ground, but the Bible goes on and says that he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. He breathed, he breathed, and it says man became a living soul. Now, now this becomes very interesting to me. It gets very interesting. Now something takes place that's not so tangible. Something takes place that's not 
so noticeable, not easily perceived. Something takes place that's not able to be witnessed with the naked eye. But it is indeed real, it's real. He breathed in us the breath of life. Listen, the Holy Ghost that is in us is as real as the pound of flesh that stands before you. Uh, you, you, you may not see it, you may not can touch it, but just as the song says, I can feel him. I can feel him in my hands. Didn't Bishop used to say that? I can feel him in my feet. I can feel him all over me. It's just as real, just as real. This is why John 3 and 8 says, The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. There, there is not necessarily a physical manifestation per se, but I, 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 can, I can feel it. I, I can't hear it, but, but I, 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 I can hear it, but I can't touch it. I can hear it, but I can't see it. But there's one thing I know. He's on the inside of me. Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. So, so what we find, what we find is from, from the beginning of time, God often used that which is intangible to affect that which is tangible. Uh, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The, the spirit of God moved, that invisible spirit. Uh, that, that ghost, that in, in, in invisible spirit, that ghost, that holy ghost, that pneuma, that paraclete. The Bible says it moved on the face of the waters. It moved on the face of that which is visible, that invisible, that intangible, that imperceivable moved upon a, the face of something that had substance. We, we find another example, we find another example of this truth in Hebrews 11 and verse 3. The Bible says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Huh, hallelujah, the seen created by that which is unseen. I like the way the New English translation puts it. It says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were set in order at God's command. Yeah. Right. God said it, he commanded it, and the worlds were set in order. He goes on to say, so that the visible has its origin in the invisible. That which we can see, that which we can touch and feel and manipulate it, all created by something that we can't see, all created by something that we can't touch, that we can't physically feel, that we can't manipulate. Uh, and so we find, we find in this law, we find in this law that all that is tangible, all that is physical has evolved out of that which is intangible. Hallelujah. All that is corporeal developed out of that which is incorporeal. We find, we find in our text today, we find our text about a man named Naaman. This man Naaman, the Bible says that he was the captain of the host of Syria. It goes on, it calls him, it calls him a great man. It, uh, the Bible refers to him as an honorable man. Then it goes on, it says he was a mighty man of valor. Uh, I, I like another translation, it says, it says that he was a man of much importance. He was a man of much importance and he, he was held in the highest esteem. This other translation says he was a valiant warrior. Actually, according to rabbinic tradition, Naaman was considered to be the archer who drew his bow at random and pierced 
King Ahab between his armor. Some scholars have believed, amen, that this is why the Bible, amen, says that by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. This man, he was of much importance. He was a man of high esteem. He was a valiant warrior and all his greatness and all of his might, it was somewhat overshadowed, somewhat minimized by, by five simple words. But he was a leper. All of his greatness overshadowed by his issue. He was a man of strength, but he was a leper. He, he was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. He was a man of much importance, but he was a leper. He was a man who was highly esteemed, but he was a leper. How many times have we seen great men fall because of an issue? How many times have we seen successful men fail because, just because of an issue? How many times have we seen those with great potential never amount up to be anything or never flourish or never take flight? Why? Just because of an issue. But, but here we find a man. We find a man that has accomplished much. He, he had many successes in spite of his affliction and in spite of his issue. Although he's experienced much success, we know the scripture says that many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And Jesus says that I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me. They work iniquity. This man, at the end of the day, after he conquered, after he mastered, after he defeated his enemies, after he took home spoils, when he laid his head down at night, he was still a leper. He was still a leper. See, in stark contrast, amen, to being a leper in Israel, a leprosy in Syria, or Aram did not necessarily hinder its subjects. For we know according to Levitical law that a leper was considered ceremonially unclean. He, he had, the leper had to go show himself to the priest and the priest would have to validate whether or not this man was clean or unclean and if the priest pronounced uncleanness on him. This man had to shave his head. I'm not a leper, y'all. But this man would have to shave his head and he, he would have to shave all the hairs off his body and, and his clothes would be torn, his clothes would be rent and his garments were pronounced unclean and his garments had to be discarded and burned. Why? Because because of his leprosy. Those with leprosy could not enter into the temple to worship. They could not enter. They were often ostracized and kicked out into the outskirts of town. When, when, when someone would come up and try to approach them, they would have to yell out, unclean, unclean, to warn those that are approaching that I'm a leper. Naaman's experience in Syria was, was vastly different than the one he would have experienced in Israel. We, we, we see a man, we see a man who found success even with his leprosy. He, he became a high achiever even with his leprosy. Even, even though he achieved high success and was highly regarded and was a mighty man of valor, his, his leprosy obviously still bothered him. It still bothered him. It was still a burden unto him. We read in 2 Kings 5 and verse 2. 2 Kings 5 and verse 2. The Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land 
of Israel, little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Verse 3, verse 3. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. This, this little maid says there's a prophet in Samaria or there's a prophet in Israel. And we, we, we know the story. We know this mighty man of valor prepares to go to the prophet Elisha. And the, the Bible says that he gathers his 10 talents of silver and he gathers his 6,000 pieces of gold and he gathers his 10 changes of raiment and some some theologians have estimated that that six thousand pieces of gold is worth upwards of three million dollars uh, they've also estimated that his ten talents of silver was worth upwards of two hundred and seventy two thousand dollars so not only was this man named and a mighty man of valor but he was also a wealthy mighty man of valor not only, hallelujah, was he a great and successful man, he was a wealthy, great and successful man. Sounded as if this man wanted for nothing. It, it appeared that this man was prepared to give much. He, he was prepared to give much to be freed from his leprosy. It appeared that he was willing to pay a hefty price to, to be rid of his issue. And the Bible, the Bible infers that of Damon that he came somewhat pompously, amen, with his, with his money and with his wealth and with all his horses and his chariots and his fine linen. linen and and he, he came, amen, somewhat stuck up. All to give this prophet the opportunity and the privilege of meeting someone of his stature and great distinction. But all he's greeted with when he arrives is a simple message from Elisha's servant. Perhaps Naaman had been dealing with leprosy for many years, uh, maybe even decades. The Bible doesn't necessarily give a time frame Perhaps even with his many accomplishments and all his greatness, uh, perhaps he, he, he still suffered some ridicule. Maybe, just maybe, as he walked past, people begin to stare. They begin to stare at him. Just maybe, as he walked past, people begin to whisper and talk about him. Maybe Naaman felt that even in all his successes, his leprosy has still hindered him in some form or fashion. Maybe, maybe he thought he could have had greater accomplishments. Perhaps his leprosy has hindered him from greater victories or greater achievements or greater spoils. Even in the wealth that he had attained, perhaps he felt that his leprosy has hindered him from attaining even greater wealth. Is it possible that Naaman felt that his leprosy has hindered him from even becoming the king of Syria? For we know he was indeed the captain of the host of Syria. Perhaps he felt as if he deserved to rule over all. Maybe it even bothered him when he had to go to a higher authority and when he went to the king of Syria to get permission to go to Elisha, maybe that bothered him. Perhaps this man had built up in his mind that after all he has been through and all the opportunities he's had obstructed by his issue, perhaps this man had built up in his mind that grand moment it would be when he's loosed from his leprosy. Perhaps he built up in his mind that grand moment it would be when he's loose from that thing that had plagued him for years, what, what a magical moment it would be. And when he came to visit Elisha, the Bible says that he was simply greeted by Elisha's messenger. He's, he was greeted by Elisha's errand boy. He was greeted by a servant. He, 
He was greeted by a slave. Elisha's messenger gives him some simple instructions in 2 Kings 5 and 10, the Bible says, and Elisha sent the messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee. Thou shalt be clean. For the average man, that would have been enough. But someone of his stature and his greatness and his great distinction, the Bible says, but Naaman was wroth. And he went away. And he said, behold, I thought he would surely come out to me as great as I am. This man would surely come out and greet me. As important and held in highly esteem as I am, this man should have came out here and greeted me and stood before me and called upon the name of the Lord over me. The Bible says Naaman was wroth. He was wroth. He was wroth and he walked away. He went away. This, this moment that Naaman dreamed about, this, this moment that Naaman fantasized about all these years, all these years, that grandiose moment did not materialize. It, it didn't materialize. He was wroth. He was enraged. He was angry. He was furious. One, uh, one translation said he lost his temper. So, so now this becomes interesting because this becomes really a story within a story. Hallelujah. It, it began with a man's bout with his physical condition, but now it has turned into a bout with this man's emotional condition. Uh, the Bible said, and his servants came near and spake unto him and said, my father, if the prophet had bid thee, do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, wash and be clean? And verse 14 says, then went he down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. This is the only place, this is the only place that the story of Naaman is recorded, but I would imagine that had this story been chronicled somewhere else, just bear with me in my folly. If it was chronicled somewhere else, I would like to think that there would have been a verse 13.5 that would say, Naaman humbled himself, then went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan. Naaman had to learn humility. Uh, Naaman had to address his arrogance and his haughtiness. Naaman had to address his pride. So, so what we find, those five simple words, but he was a leper, were, we find those five, five simple words were a result of a simple five-letter word, pride. Naaman's leprosy wasn't cleansed until he humbled himself. Naaman, Naaman's leprosy wasn't cleansed until he followed the simple instructions that came from the mouth of a lowly messenger, a lowly errand boy, a lowly servant, a lowly slave. All the while, Naaman thought that he was being led to deal with the condition in his body. He was actually being led to deal with the condition in his heart. We, 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 we have a tendency, we have a tendency to look at those shortcomings which are visible. Uh, just as Naaman looked at the issue on the outside of his person, amen, he neglected to see the issue on the inside of his person. We have a tendency to deal with those things which make their appearance on the outside. This is why we look at others and criticize them for their outward flaws all the while never taking into account our own personal inward flaws. See, see, it's very easy. It's very easy to point the finger and it's very easy to point at someone else and, and say, look at their flaws and their failures, but we never consider our own imperfections. We, we never look at our own imperfections. I, I got a short story. There's a story of a man 
There's a story of a man in the early 20th century that was sailing from the United States to Europe. He was, he was taking one of those large transatlantic ocean liners. When this man went to board, when he went to board, he, he found out that another passenger was to share his cabin with him. I wouldn't have gone then. You tell me I'm sharing a cabin with a stranger, I probably would have found some other accommodations. But this is the early 20th century. A after stopping to see, after stopping to see his accommodations, he went up to the purser's desk and inquired to see if he could leave his gold watch and his valuables in the ship's safe. He, he explained that he has never before availed himself to this privilege and probably wouldn't have this time, but he had been to see his accommodations and he met the man that he was gonna stay with and he said the man didn't look very trustworthy. He, he, I didn't feel like I could trust him. So the purser accepted the responsibilities for his valuables and he, he, he began to say to him, that's all right, Mr. Wright. I'll be more than happy to take care of them for you. Actually, the other man has already been here and he left his valuables for the same reason. Be careful when you judge others, when you have, hallelujah, when you talk about a moat in somebody else's eye and you have a beam running through your own. See, it, it's very easy for us to point our finger and say, look at that fornicator. But we fail to address that mean and nasty spirit on the inside of us. Come on, somebody. We point our finger and we say, look at that adulterer. But we fail to address that root of bitterness and that root, amen, that jealousy that lies within us. See, we, we, we never, we tend to never address that spirit of covetousness, amen, and that worrying spirit, that, that spirit that always has you worried and concerned, that spirit of fear, that spirit of depression, that spirit of envy. You always want somebody else's stuff. We never address that spirit of arrogance and pride that has slowly but surely Developed on the inside of us, but he was, but he was a leper. See, what you must understand is that pride is sneaky. Uh, pride is sneaky. It's sneaky. Actually, one preacher stated that pride is so sneaky, if you're not careful in your effort to avoid it, you could end up proud of your humility. Naaman, Naaman did the same thing. He was blinded by his outward issue, but he forgot to consider his inward issue. He, he sought to remedy his outward affliction, but he has overlooked his inward affliction. See, some of us look spiritual on the outside, but on the inside dwells an evil, nasty, foul, corrupt, mean, disrespectful, hateful, Spirit, somebody give him praise. So in this, in this, in this, we find a law. We find a law that God will use that which is tangible. God will use that which is tangible, that which is visible on the outside. For we must remember that, that man looketh on the outward appearance. Amen. But God looks on the heart. So so God will use that which is tangible, that which is visible on the outside as a vehicle to do a mighty work on that thing that's invisible on the inside. What we must understand is that leprosy would not send Naaman to hell, but pride will send Naaman to hell. Proverbs 16, 18, Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Proverbs 6, 16, these six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Verse 17, the first thing he says he hates is a proud look. He don't even like it when you look proud, when you're sitting there looking stuck up and 
as if you're all excellent and important and you got too much going on to be concerned with anybody else. He hates a proud look. Proverbs 16, 5, the Bible says everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. The ailment that he had physically was a result of the ailment he had spiritually. He struggled with pride. He, he struggled with arrogance. He struggled with self-importance. All we saw was the leprosy, but all the while God saw his pride. All we saw was his outward affliction. All the while God was looking at his inward affliction. All we saw was the infection he had on the outside all the while God was looking at the infection he had on the inside all we saw was the disease he suffered on the outside all the while God was looking at the disease he suffered on the inside first Samuel 16 and 7 for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. David had an understanding of this. I'm closing. I'm closing. David had an understanding of this. In Psalm 51, the Bible says, verse 6, Behold, Thou desirest truth on the inward parts. We're too concerned about making sure we look the part on the outside. Meanwhile, our inward parts is suffering. He said, thou, thou, David had an understanding, thou desirest truth on the inward parts, O God. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Uh, verse 10, verse 10, Psalm 51, verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Uh, verse 16, verse 16, for thou desires not sacrifice. God did not desire that which was tangible. God did not consider that which was physical, but David says, else I would have given it. He said, thou desirest not in burnt, or thou delightest not in burnt offering. But this is what God desires, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. The Message Bible, I love the way the Message Bible puts it. It, puts, it says, going through the motions doesn't please you it says a flawless performance is nothing to you it says i learned god worship when my pride was shattered heart shattered lives ready for love don't for a moment escape god's notice God wants the intangible. God wants the invisible. God wants that which is hidden on the inside. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? This is why we need God on the inside. Proverbs 4, 23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Matthew 15, verse 19, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemy. See, we looked at that individual and saw the outward and said he committed adultery or she committed fornication, but what we didn't realize, it was the inward man that was corrupt first and it manifested on the outside. We gotta give God our inward man, our hearts, King Isaiah, I promise I'm closing. I'm, I, play. I promise I'm closing. 
I will probably get in trouble at the church we're going to now because it's about 35 minutes to preach it. So I'll probably be in trouble. In my closing, King Isaiah 16, when he began to reign, he reigned for 52 years. Initially, he did the right thing in the sight of God. Initially, he walked with God, and God helped him. He fought against the Philistines. He, he broke down the walls of Gath and Jabna and Ashdod, and God helped him against the Philistines and the Arabs and the Ammonites paid tribute to King Uzziah. This was a great man. God helped him. The Bible says he had a mighty army, 2,600 mighty men of valor and 307,000 men under his command. And all that God did for King Uzziah, he accounted it to his own success and to be a result of his own strength. Second Chronicles 26 and verse 16, it says, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Because of this man's pride, the Bible says, that God struck him with leprosy. The Bible says that being a leper, he was cut off from the house of the Lord. His pride separated him from the presence of God. His, his pride severed his relationship with God. Have you known individuals where God just moved in the midst of their life? Every prayer they prayed was answered. Everything they asked for, they received. And something happened along the way. The Bible says in verse 21, And Isaiah the king was a leopard until the day of his death. This man's pride caused him to die as a leper. Verse 23, the amplified version reads, So Isaiah slept with his fathers in death, and they buried him with his fathers in the burial field of the kings outside the royal tombs. So he could not be buried with all the other royalty. He was buried in a graveside, a graveyard outside of the royal tombs. Then it says, for they said he is a leper, but he was a leper, those five simple words rooted in this simple five-letter word, pride. Somebody give God praise. Come on, somebody clap like you really love him. Clap like you love him. Clap like he's been good to you. Come on, give him praise. God, we thank you. Father, we worship you. Uh, we don't make any apologies. Father, we thank you. I just want to pray just for a moment and then I'll turn it, I'll turn it over. If you can stand with me. We see so much going on in this world around us. We see wars and rumors of wars. We see what's taking a place in Ukraine and in Israel. And we see the division that's taking place in our own country. Listen, this country needs Jesus. We, 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 we need Jesus. Father, we thank you. God, we understand that the temperature on the outside affects what we do and the temperature on the inside but we pray oh god that we be insulated protect your church oh god protect your people have have mercy upon our souls oh god don't allow us to give in to our flesh don't don't allow us to give in to our pride but keep us in these last days in these last hours oh god as this world waxes worse and worse but we can look up, hallelujah, for you said our redemption draweth nigh. And so we look unto you. We look unto, we, we look unto 
Psalm 121.1, we look unto the hills. Ah, hallelujah. From whence cometh our help, our help, oh God, comes from you and no one else. So, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Touch this church, my church, my pastor. Touch in the name of Jesus. Anoint them. Hallelujah. That we'll walk in your way. That we'll do your goodwill. We'll do your good pleasure. We'll do what seemeth good unto you, O God. And you, that you'll be pleased with our work. That you'll be pleased with our ministries. And, Father, we make sure to give you praise all the name. Your name, all the praise and glory and honor. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you. I love you. God bless you. And thank God for the word. Having therefore these precious promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Come on, let's look within just for a moment. Come on, everybody, we can even just start this week off already just examining yourself. Come on, look in your heart right now and just hold it up before the Lord. God, if there's anything in me that needs to come out of me, Lord, any root of bitterness, unforgiveness, nasty attitudes, lustful thoughts, and unclean desires, anything, Lord God, that's not like you that would prevent me from being who you'd have me to be or prevent me from making it, Lord God, I pray even right now. Come on, pray for yourself. Look at yourself right now. So many times we can look at other people. Come on, look within. Examine yourself. God, help me in the name of Jesus. Oh, Shama. Lord God, even before next week gets here, when we discern the Lord's body, Lord, I pray, God, that this wouldn't just be some crash diet, that this would actually be a lifestyle change for somebody, God, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord God, to always not just during communion, but always to want to live right before you, God. To walk right before you, to be who you'd have us to be. Bless this church in the name of Jesus. I wonder if there's somebody under the sound of my voice that wants to make a change. I dare you to move right now, not to hesitate. Even before the ministers get here, you can come on down. Come on down to this altar with a repentant heart. And I guarantee you, amen, that the Lord can meet you here on today. You can be baptized in the precious, wonderful, holy name of Jesus. All of your sins, I don't care how guilty, how stained in those sins are. Amen. You can be washed, amen, by the blood of Jesus. Amen. You can go down in Jesus' name, amen, and come out brand new. How many know that God can change you, amen, clean you up, amen, and wash all your sins away? Come on, can we give the Lord some praise? How many been down in Jesus' name? Anybody want to go down in Jesus' name today? Anybody want to make a change today? Anybody need the Holy Ghost the way the Bible says? He can fill you up. Come on, he'll make his abode in you. He'll give you some power to live a life that's pleasing to him. He'll give you a power to be a witness in the light. Is there somebody here? Anybody here that wants to make a change today? Come on, step out, step out, step out, step out. Step out, come on and come. Amen. Anybody just need some prayer on today? You can come on down to the altar at this time. Amen. We're going to hold this altar open just for a moment longer. I see those that are gathered. Anybody need prayer? Come on, don't hesitate. Come on down. Get some prayer for your family. Get some prayer for yourself on today. Amen. They're coming. That's a start. That's a start. Get some prayer in the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord. I'm going to be saved. I want to be right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's all right. Come on down, young man. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's be prayerful right now. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Glad to see you coming. Hallelujah. All heaven rejoices when just one sinner repents. Lord, right now, Father, we pray over these that have gathered at the altar. Lord, you know what they stand in need of, God. Lord, you know them name by name, one by one, in every detail about their lives. God, we pray over them even right now. Father, we prioritize the spiritual above the natural, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to touch them. Lord, touch their heart. I pray, God, that you cleanse them, Lord God. Cleanse them, Lord, of all filthiness of flesh and spirit, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd help them to walk with you and to live a life that pleases you. Whatever's standing in their way, I pray they'd overcome, God. I pray, God, that you feel those that need the Holy Ghost, Lord, with your precious spirit. 
Lord God, give them the gift of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name, God. Strengthen somebody in their inward man, God. Bless them, Lord, to take steps in the right direction, Lord. Help them to walk away from things that are not pleasing unto you. I'm not just praying for these at the altar, God, but those who are standing in the pew still, Lord God. I ask you to help them in their walk, God. Strengthen them and fortify them, Lord. I pray, God, when the tempter comes, they will resist evil. Hallelujah. They will flee from the devil in Jesus' name, God. They will resist the devil and he will flee. We believe you for it. And we count it done. The blood of Jesus we plead. Hallelujah. God, Lord, I even pray, Lord God, over the families, Lord God. Somebody's son or daughter, Lord, save them, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God. Lord God, even right now, they might not be in this place, Lord. God, you know a mother's heart. You see a father's concern, God. I'm praying, Lord God, for children and grandchildren, even right now. Lord God, amongst those who have gathered in this place, Lord God, you know why you've impressed it on me to pray. Lord, I ask you, God, wherever they are, whether they're in this state, Lord, or somewhere else, God, there's no distance in prayer. You can meet them where they are, God. I pray for them, Lord, that they would take a turn in the right direction, Lord. Father, Lord God, that you would give them a, a change of heart, Lord, and a change of mind, Lord. Get a hold of them, their thinking, Lord. Lord, intercept them, Lord God, from the hand of the enemy, Lord. And I pray, God, that they would have a connection with you. And Lord God, I pray that they would make the right choices and decisions and be saved before it's everlasting too late. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, everybody. Let's give Lord one more praise. Amen. Thanking God for the Dimery family, amen, being with us and all of our guests and friends and visitors on today. Amen. Just one more time. Anybody want to go down in Jesus' name today? Amen. Just lift up your hand. You don't have to come down. I'll come get you. Hey, check this out. I'll come get you right now. Anybody? You feel paralyzed in your seat? You just need somebody to come? I'll come get you right now. Just raise your hand right now. Anybody want to go down in Jesus' name? Amen. If not, if not, if not. Amen. There's no evening service on tonight. Amen. Just spend some time loving on your family. You get some rest. And I do want to say this. Next week, don't avoid service. You know, when we have Kim, don't run from the blood of Jesus. Y'all re remember that. Amen. If you got something in your life that needs to come out, come on, repent of your sins and run to the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you. Come on, somebody. Believe that on today. Sometimes the enemy will try to talk you out of a blessing. He's an accuser of the brethren daily. Don't you allow that enemy to whisper in your ear and tell you not to come. Oh, they're doing communion. There you go. Amen. But examine yourself. Discern the Lord's body. Amen. Give it up, whatever you got to give up, and then run to the blood of Jesus. Amen. And how many people have taken a sinner plunges beneath that blood and loses all their guilty shame? Somebody give God praise for the sinner.